0: Three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks, everybody. We're still doing college talks. This is episode two of Tips and Tricks. Uh, we have some awesome guests with us today. It's probably going to be about 15 or 20 minutes. Do we mind going around and doing a little quick introduction of who we are and, and where we're working or the setting that we're in or, or experiences, whatever you want to share with the uh, the Twitter people. It uh, doesn't matter who starts. Chris, you want to start because you you were on the other episode of Tips and Tricks.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Chris Blocker. I work at LaGrange College, a division three school in LaGrange, Georgia. And I've been a certified AT and the Collegiate Center for six years. Uh,
2: my name is Alicia Miller. I, I've been a certified athletic trainer for 20 years. Um, and I recently started a position at Anderson University as a in the kinesiology department. Um, teaching. I'm also a physical therapist. I own my own company. It's called Rogue One Physical Therapy and Nutrition. So I also do online nutrition coaching.
3: I'll go next. My name is Ashley Ombuster. I am currently at Texas a m Corpus Christi. It's a small division one school in South Texas and I've been a certified athletic trainer in the collegiate setting for seven years now.
2: I'll go next. Um, my name is Eleni Rhodes. I'm finishing up my third year of certification and my first year in the collegiate setting as a full-time athletic trainer. Um, and I'm currently working in South Carolina.
4: And I'm uh, Sal Cervantes, working at uh, University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, just recently took a position in this January as the uh, the director of sports medicine in the department, but been with UIW for four years. They're uh, going on my fifth year coming up. Uh, previously, before that, uh, served about nine years at a local high school as the head athletic trainer.
0: All right, awesome. Thank you very much. So, what tips would you give someone like me who's worked their entire career in a high school that might be interested in going into the collegiate setting? or maybe they're a student and they're doing that internship or they're just about to graduate and they wanna go in the collegiate and they're looking for jobs or sending out resumes and cover letters. Uh, What type of advice or tips and tricks would you recommend?
3: Um, I'll go ahead and start off with something that I think is important. Um, Pretty much when you're applying for any job or especially I think in the collegiate or even professional setting, you really need to make sure that like your resume cover letter outstanding. Like make sure that you're having multiple people look over it to avoid any typos. I know people who literally have not gotten jobs because they like misspelled names on there. Like, oh, I went to school here and they like misspelled it. And they're like, people kind of see it as like, oh, like they're not paying attention to detail, like, and stuff like that. Um, I think that what's really important is highlighting all the experiences that you have. Um, don't just put like for your clinical rotations, like assisting in evaluations, taping and rehab, like put things there that are different than what like a standard athletic training student would do. So if you helped with a specific like surgical rehab or if you were in charge of something, like make sure that you're highlighting those things that kind of make you stand out. Cause if you just kind of list everything, then it doesn't make anything seem more important than like someone else's resume who comes across. Um, and I would say for cover letters, um, the cover letter is not just rewriting your resume in a sentence form. Uh, you really wanna be able to expound on things that you've written in your resume and talk about some experiences and also like talk about why you're looking for that specific position or why do you think you would be a good fit? Um, so I think it's kind of like the first thing cause that's right off the bat, like you sending in a resume or cover letter.
0: Now, would you happen to know any groups out there that have templates of resumes and cover letters that people could use that aren't very strong writers or are just curious?
3: Um, so you can, like, if you just Google resumes and cover letters, you can find a ton of examples. Um, I'm also a co-creator of a Twitter account called All Things AT. Um, and if you go on our website, we do have um, multiple resumes and cover letters that you can kind of look to, like looking at templates and looking how things are put out. Um, so if you want to go visit that, um, I believe the handle is at allthingsat. So if you want to check that out.
4: Yeah, and I think um, the uh, the NATO website, I think on the careers uh, portion of the website, I think they have something there where you can go on there and they'll offer help with looking over a resume or a cover letter just to make sure that the person who's applying to the job maybe has had some, some professional eyes on it, you know, um, But touching on Ashley's point, especially with the cover letter, you know, we're in the process right now, right, of looking at trying to hire some grad assistants and that nature. And I think when you start to see application after application, cover letter after cover letter, uh, you pick up right away on maybe who's, especially, you know, for me, the things that I've noticed are, you know, if someone's putting out a bunch of them, they're just trying to get feelers out, trying to see who's maybe going to Gonna contact them about a, a, a job opportunity. You start to notice that some of these cover letters are maybe they they left the school on there from, from the previous institution that they they sent their cover letter to. So, you know, I'm trying to apply to UIW, but okay, well they they're sending me a cover letter and they're applying to some other school in the state. You know, so it's yeah, just having those fine eyes and, and making sure that, that they're you know that you're putting everything in there about the the, the place you're applying to. And making sure that you know maybe you get some people that you trust to kind of look it over once or twice before you just shoot it out and send it because once once you push send, it ain't, there's no going back, you know. So you know, but the, you know, just yeah, cover letter. Make sure that that thing is is you know it's, you're you're selling yourself on paper, and we we want to want to put through the exact uh, you know you you want to make sure that people are realizing who who they're, who they're reading about and. and selling yourself
2: yeah I would uh, I would agree with all of that um especially with the spelling errors if I as a hire I was a uh, physical therapy clinic director as well for a brief period and hiring I if I saw a spelling mistake or weird font on a resume like th- there should be standard font that you're using as well within your template and if it was like a cheesy font or goofy looking it kind of just didn't even make the cut because we were getting so many resumes um, in all honesty. Um, so just making it sure it looks professional and polished um, as well. And, and also I would, th- I also think having good mentors um, that you stay in contact with, even if you've been in one setting for a long time, um, you never know what kind of opportunities you're going to gravitate towards in the future. So keeping in contact with strong mentors from your past um, or, or just other um, friends that you have in the field and keeping in contact with those, uh, they could be useful as resources and as uh, references in the future, too.
1: Yeah, I will uh, piggyback off of what Alicia said. I've actually assisted with trying to hire people with my bosses in the past. And I would definitely recommend for people to try to get in there, make sure that your coverlet and resume highlights the experiences that they look for on the job. So like, for example, if you're at a place where they specifically want a men's basketball AT and all you've done is like soccer, volleyball, and cheerleading, you have no experience with that. It's not really going to look great on your resume and stuff. Or if they say they want people understanding specific injury software, like ATS or things like that, and you've never been familiar with it. Don't try to go around and say you've used it and come around and ask and say, how would you improve on it? And it's your first time ever hearing about it. Like make sure that your experiences match it. Cause I've actually had people like phone interviews and stuff. And we'll specifically ask them that kind of stuff. And they would actually, what the heck is ATS? And I was like, it means athletic trainer system. Oh, no, that's automatically making the interview pretty short if you do something like that. And also, just going in, like you don't have to try to oversell yourself. Like you put a lot of fluff on there that looks really repetitive and stuff. That's going to show when you come up there because when we actually start checking references and stuff, and you say, oh, you've done this, that, and the other, but you've only done less than a third that's going to put you behind the eight ball. So don't try to put up fluff just to try to fill up a page. And like Alicia said, you have a mentor and stuff you haven't talked to in four years and then even though you're still even pursuing the profession anymore, like that's not good. Because I've also told people in the past, like I've asked them, say, hey, would you mind being a good reference? Because you can actually have a reference, but they put you as a warning. Like I said, oh yeah, make sure he was a terrible student or he didn't work at like that. I'll actually make sure, hey, would you mind being a positive reference? And I say, it's weird that you worded worried about, but it's true because I don't want you to be a warning. I want you to encourage that you actually get the job. Because I've called people and say, oh yeah, he was great at this, but his documentation sucked. Or, you know, he had bad reports for the students and the coaches. And you wonder why you don't get calls back from eight to nine jobs. Make sure that
0: Hello? Are we still here? Yeah, I think. Oh, we lost. We lost Chris. Oh,
3: he's back. I think.
0: Are you back, Chris? Oh wow. That disappeared for that whole time. Hello.
3: It was only a few seconds. No, just yeah, a few it seconds. Was- what
0: what what about any, any type of tips and tricks? Let's say you do the resume, do the cover letter, you interview, they give you the job, and you're like, all right, I'm here. And they're like, all right, go ahead and go. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, any tips and tricks for that? like starting the process, getting to know the athletes, getting with um, team physicians and standing orders and. Or just anything that you go through to start a job.
2: I, I think a big thing is asking a lot of questions um, and even asking to to shadow, you know those first few days so that you can understand um, a little bit about how the program works, um, contact points within the program, um, and just being open, right? And being available. Um, to help out, maybe it's not your sport, but jump in if somebody needs help or somebody needs some assistance that just, it, you know, just it's a team environment, right? So we all want to be good team members. Um, and you can learn a lot from just observing and helping out um, right off the bat, I think.
4: Yeah, that's that's a big part of it, I think, especially when you're looking at maybe jumping into the college setting, like, you know, just personal experience for me, I worked at the high school for a number of years, and then when I got into the collegiate level, um, I think one of the, the things that I held on to was, you know, kind of trying to find that person that was already in the system and kind of just got some of their thoughts on, on how to approach certain certain matters at the institution, at the school. You're going to find that Uh, different schools, whether it's high school to high school, district to district, college to college, they're all going to have a certain way that they operate and do things. So it's definitely finding out what it is about that particular place that you're at. Um, You know, what do they do? What is their function? How do they work as a staff? How do they work as a department? How's the athletics department run? That kind of thing. And just talking to all the individuals that you can communicate 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 just you know back and forth just be open about that kind of stuff because that's going to take you the longest way just making sure that you're open and people know that they can also come to you if you know if they ever have a question
3: yeah I think one big thing that separates collegiate from high school is that high school a lot of athletic trainers are solo or there's only one or two of them collegiate like you do feel like you're on your own a lot, but you do have a staff that you work with and you're constantly covering practices because this person has a doctor's appointment and like doing all this stuff. So I think especially the first couple of days, find someone, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the director of sports medicine, but find someone who's willing to answer all those questions for you. Cause I know like I, this past job, I started three days before soccer season started. So it was like, I had this one girl that I was like, hey, how does insurance work here? Like, hey, how do like what medicines do we have, like what are like, and she was my go-to on like these were, and it was really nice because they actually had a binder set up with a lot of our policies, procedures. Um, they had like nice, like welcome to Corpus Christi, like here are, like good restaurants to go to and like things to do, which was also helpful. But like, you can't be afraid of asking questions because nobody's seeing it as like, oh, you don't know how to do your job. Like no, every institution has different ways on how they handle literally anything. Um, So I think just don't be afraid to ask questions because the sooner that you ask those questions then you already have all that information and then you're not stumbling six months later because it's like, oh, I forgot to fill out this insurance claim form because I didn't know I had to do that or like different things like that that I've run into because I've been afraid of seeming stupid but then I was like, oh, I really need to ask more questions in the beginning.
2: yeah to piggyback off of Ashley since I just did that this year I um started my job in September and my girls were already starting practice like I hopped in cuz somebody was covering asking questions to everybody else on the staff and communicating with the staff I was going to be working with whether that was my coaches the new strength coach we had who got hired before I did like and starting to talk to the athletes you have it was really helpful Um, my biggest thing was definitely asking questions to my coworkers because they had been there longer than me. So it helped uh, get everything started while it was already going.
1: I would piggyback off of what Eleni said. Uh, You don't have to go in there and try to reinvent the wheel. So like if you go in there and there's a person that's been there for a long time, they have their certain way of doing things. If the things that that's like writing your wheelhouse and you feel comfortable with doing it, by all means, go for it. But if you're going there and say, oh yeah, we used to have in cupping and you know kinesio tape and stuff and that's not in your wheelhouse and stuff. I mean, if you want to take the time to learn it, Sure, but if it's not really something you're comfortable with or you don't agree with, but you have another method that works, do you. You don't have to necessarily go in to be the same person that you're replacing because, of course, they're going to compare. It's where they be there for a while, but they brought you in for a reason. Your spin on things is what brought you values while you're there. That's why they assigned you to that sport. And also another thing like people say, you don't have to go in and feel like you're alone and also don't be too possessive of you just being with your sport. Like, say, my first job, I was strictly – uh, basketball at but also assists with other bunch of sports so some people they say oh well you should stick with just your guys not really there's six of us here we can all help each other out i don't want you just looking at the basketball people because what happens when you're out of season in march you're just going to twiddle your thumbs for the next three months while everybody else is no they're going to need all hands on deck when things come around so don't be too tunnel vision just because you're so used to being with that sport everyone has a piece of the table and we're all trying to get to the same goal so
2: Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off what you just said too, as well, like being humble, I think is a big thing as far as when you're walking into a new situation, like you may have some great experiences from your past or where you were before, but also being humble and just being able to, um, you know, like dive into something new and learn as well as give, but also to take, um, as well.
0: Any other tips or tricks anybody wants to throw out there before I ask, uh, Alicia, tips and tricks on transitioning into an educator role?
3: I would say just going back to the beginning, I'll just touch on this real fast. Kind of going back to the references. Also remember that people that you don't list as references will be called to. So... um, I know that I've had students ask, or like I've gotten calls like, Hey, this student like listed that they were at this school, you were a preceptor. What do you know about them? And like, they were a terrible student, which is why they probably didn't ask me to be a preceptor. But then it's like, Hey, this is what I noticed, even though I didn't work directly with her. And I know like I've had, I've been applying for jobs and they've called people that I didn't list as references. So then it's like, just remember that every single person that you've met, or even people who graduated from the same school three years before you did like people are going to call because there's so many connections like it really is a small world so just make sure that you leave as positive an impression as you can on everybody because if you were a bad student or if you had a bad experience someone will find out about it
4: yeah and that's uh, that brings to mind for me you mentioning that kind of stuff is be very mindful of your social media pages like with your Facebook, your Twitter, Instagram, you know, I mean, you, you, people don't realize how much they put themselves out there when they're posting stuff like that, when they're posting things on their pages, you know, but that's one thing as is, is one who's looking to hire, um, you we go to those social media pages now, that's the thing that we do nowadays and you get a good idea of the character and personality that a, that a person might, an individual might have and, you know, sometimes that can make a break, uh, whether you, you, you make a call to somebody as a candidate.
0: All right. Alicia, would you mind closing us out and just talking about uh, transitioning into that, per- yeah. like, professor, educator type of role from, an, uh, from a non-educator role?
2: Yeah, uh, sure. So I went from um, clinical staff physical therapist to educator role. This past fall was my first um, semester at the Anderson University. So we're in in Anderson, Indiana. It's a D3 school um, and I'm within the kinesiology department. So uh, exercise science, athletic training, some physical education classes as well. Honestly, I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I had asked a ton of questions. So I had the knowledge base from, you know, the rehab perspective and the injury prevention perspective um, and fitness and wellness, but I did not know how to use um, any of the electronic media <laughs> that they use to teach as their teaching platform. Um, And I had gotten most of my semester assignments within three to four weeks of starting the semester. So it was a lot of um, rushing to put together everything we use on our Canvas Canvas page is what our our students, um, PowerPoints, assignments, tests and quizzes, um, we base all of our stuff off of. so the classroom time was amazing. The back end of that is you, there's a lot of prep work <laughs> that I you know I didn't ever realize. Um, and I had great relationships with my professors in undergrad, and that was the reason I wanted to transition transition back into an athletic training education role. Was the mentoring and the relationships that I had with my professors in undergrad. It was I went to West Virginia Wesleyan. It's a D two school in Buchanan, West Virginia. Um, and they were like mentors and now our peers and friends touch with almost all of the, my professors from that period. And that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back um, to my profession in that way and be a mentor for athletic training students. Um, so yeah, I had to ask a ton of questions and I'm still learning a ton of things. Um, second semester was, uh, we were in person more. Um, so it was, uh, I felt like I was, Making more of those relationships and those connections with my students, um, but really it was it was just about bringing my clinical knowledge to to, to teaching. Um, and, and you can learn the the media side of it, um, but you can't learn how to formulate relationships, right? You have, that's part of that is is just built within you, um, and being intentional about forming relationships um, and working with the other professors, like trying to figure out as far they're transitioning to a master's of athletic training program. So what does that look like? Where, where do we need to go? Um, and, and how do we, what is our vision? So making sure that I could fit within that vision of what I was, was teaching as well. Um, so I'm enjoying it. It was a totally different 360 to what I'm doing, but it does take time for sure to go back into the education setting. Um, and I think as we grow, I hope to be in the athletic training room teaching from that perspective. Not, I don't think I'll have sport coverage at this point in my, my time there, but from a teaching perspective, for sure. Um,
0: well, uh, thank you very much, everybody for sharing.
2: Good question.
0: <laughs> thank you for sharing your knowledge and experiences today on this Sunday afternoon. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're probably going to have many more future episodes. Hopefully. I hope so. I would love to have everybody back uh, for, for for future episodes. But thank you for coming on today, and have a great rest of your Sunday, and have a good week. And summer is almost here. Awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, man. All right. thank good much.
2: Good luck you. With everyone, everyone.
1: Appreciate it. It's nice to meet you guys. Nice meet me on. on. Yep.